Nation. I'm here with Eric Jeter and Caleb Williams. How's y'all's day been? It's been a day. It's definitely been a day. Um, it's been a day. I haven't had class. I have not had class. I had two classes. So y'all are on Same. online. I had two classes today. Everyone of mine are online, so I wake up whenever I want and go to rehearsals. But then I have our three straight rehearsals, so there you go. See, that's me tomorrow. Southerners got canceled. I'm going to continue. Yeah. Southerners did get canceled, so, so thank you. Praise the rain gods praise for that. God. All right, so on the docket for today, we have we're going to highlight the JSU volleyball tournament this weekend, the depth chart for the um, C Law game. We're going to touch on the teams a little bit, and then we're also going to um, touch on Caleb Williams and Eric Jeter not getting the right prediction. Okay, for no, last no, 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 no. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna intro that correctly. We. It's not that we didn't get it right, it's that we defiantly got it wrong. I think if it had been close... No, y'all got it wrong. I think if it had been close, we wouldn't be walking it back. But because no, we of, were way wrong. But we were very much wrong, and we have to walk it back. Anyway, let's talk about volleyball. Alright, so we actually had an exhibition game against Kennesaw State this past Thursday, and we beat the crap out of them 3-1. to one. So, anyways, for, we for have, all those listening, just the Brandon saying Kennesaw State made Caleb just visibly upset. I don't know what's wrong with him right now, but I think just the thought of Kennesaw State is really messing with Caleb here. You okay, buddy? I haven't laughed that hard in about a year. Wow. Ooh, All right. It's a sad life, man. All right, so the teams that are host that are coming to the Jack State Invitational are obviously Jacksonville State. We play East Tennessee State as well. Troy will be coming to the Invitational, and Sealock will actually be at the uh, Invitational wow. as well. Topical. Yes, very topical. So for those of you in town this weekend, please check out the volleyball team this weekend. Uh, the Invitational starts on Friday and goes into su- Saturday. It'll be at the Pete Matthew Coliseum. Alright, so one thing we're going to try to do with this podcast is talk about what I'm going to call the overlooked sports. Um, and that's going to include stuff like like volleyball, soccer, even getting down to stuff like rifle. Just sports that you know, 99% of the media aren't I haven't heard about very much. Yeah. So uh, I just want to briefly mention the uh, the women's soccer team, because we do not have men's soccer. Uh, the women's soccer team, as of right now, they are 2-0. and They beat Alcorn State 7-zip, and then uh, Florida International 2-0. Uh, that's really all I got on them. I haven't been to a game. I'd love to go to a game uh, and then have more information, but we just want to start highlighting some of these smaller teams. So, yeah, good job, soccer team. Very good job, especially against Florida International. Way, way to not suck. Yeah, that was at home. Uh, we did beat Alcorn State 7-zip away, so that's fun. Nice. And then uh, we play Lipscomb on Friday, August 30th. Belmont's younger cousin. Yeah, at home, so we'll get out and see that game. It's at 7. So come out. Watch, I don't know what they call themselves, the lady, the lady Gamecocks, maybe? 
I guess Lady Cox. The Lady Cox. That's what they're. That's definitely it. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the soccer team. Uh, next podcast, we'll talk about a different overlooked sport. <laughs> One that a, di- a different sport that really doesn't make any difference as to whether JSU's a good place or not. And maybe, maybe I'll have. Don't say that. How rude. Then maybe I'll have more information about the soccer team if I decide to go. If we decide uh, to on the thirtieth or the first, North Alabama. In Florence, Alabama, though. On so, my birthday. There you go. Maybe and I'll we'll be go. at Huntsville. So. We'll take a trip over and watch the Lady Cox. Oh, is Cox. it at UNA? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a whole bet. I might yeah, try to go, go to that. that. Go watch the Lady Cox. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We're getting to this conversation. What's next on the dock? <laughs> we are going to be looking at the JSU starters for CELA. Okay, so we pull up the depth chart. Um, there were a ton of surprises. Zara Cooper starting at quarterback, shocker. Zion Webb backup quarterback, shocker. But what did kind of surprise me at running back, Michael Matthews over Jalen Green. Jalen Green, last year's leading rusher in yards and touchdowns. Michael Matthews decided that he was going to go crazy against Kennesaw and score like like three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um. Me, personally, this isn't a, a knock on Michael. I think Jalen is a really, really dynamic running back. But, I mean, the more bodies, the better. So, mm-hmm. um, the biggest question I think a lot of people have been wondering when they look at this 2D depth chart, where are star transfers K.J. Stefferson and R.J. Henderson? My own theory with R.J., and this it kind of makes sense. He just got here. Odds are... He's not going to be in the 2D, but any of the wide receiver positions until he actually learns the offense. Because if you haven't realized, JSU and Florida run wildly different systems. Yeah, Florida runs spread option. JSU doesn't have an offense. They just kind of call plays. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, we aren't sure if it's spread or not because we've had so many different style quarterbacks the last four years. Um, looking at some of our uh, backups, there's really two that I can see that those two would replace, and that's Jared Washington and Daquan Charleston. I see Jared being kind of that. I don't. I don't like you know using FPS re, you know references, but kind of that, kind of that um, uh, the Ryan Davis mold at Auburn, really short, super shifty, yeah. the ability to catch a short pass and make stuff happen after after the reception. Um, as for Daquan and Ahmad, and Ahmad Edwards is going to be one of the lead receivers next year, I would have to assume, mm-hmm. with the losses of Daniel Bird and Josh Pearson. I have to imagine he's going to take the range as the go-to guy for, for rest in peace, hopefully, Zarek Cooper for another year. But um, for a guy, for, for Daquan, um, I think he, he'd be the guy that would get replaced. Jared Sr., I think he's earned playing time. Whereas KJ and RJ just got here. But I think that between Ahmad and Daquan, Ahmad's probably the, the more talented of the two. And I have to imagine that Daquan Charleston. I've seen Daquan play in I have to scrimmages, see. and he's he's good at going after the ball. I just think you look at RJ and KJ, they're just built to be really, really good receivers. And Steph- I can't see him saying Stefferson is redshirt? No. No. Coming after. What um, year is he? Is he a sophomore or a junior? Um, KJ Stefferson. I know Henderson is a freshman, so he'll be here for a while. 
So KJ Stefferson, and now here's the thing: people don't realize this. KJ was actually on roster last year as as a redshirt, and he was he was the lead practice squad receiver. He's a redshirt junior this year, so he's, yeah, he has two years of eligibility. As for AJ um, RJ Henderson, he's a true freshman. He was released from his NLI before even um, going into fall camp with Florida. He was told he would not get playing time. He would likely be redshirted. Um, and I'm guessing what went down is Coach Gross said he can get playing time as a true freshman. He said, please come here. He said, we'll, we'll gladly take you. The amount of tra- – he said, we've, we've gotten everyone else to come here. Why not you? Yeah. Um, my guess is they'll be worked in throughout the year. I just – for those of you who don't know who KJ Stefferson is, he started at Notre Dame, and after a after I believe two years, transferred to Jacksonville. However, this is a big however. He has some legal issues um, throughout his time at Notre Dame, um, and that's that's really a big thing. It doesn't sit well with Coach Gross. Um, I think that's part of why Rock Thomas never got used the way he should have. It's because he was always in a little bit of a trouble. So he kind of got handcuffed, and he only had one 1,000-yard season, even though he would be high four-star running back out of Oxford, mm-hmm. and he had a single 1,000-yard rushing season as a college running back. Um, RJ seems like he's squeaky clean. I don't think KJ's going to play much this year. He's going to have to get, and this is nothing as KJ. Maybe he's a great guy, but you're not, not going to play much at Jacksonville if you've got, uh, if you've got some, a criminal history. I can see him playing in the Eastern Washington game. He's going to be – if he plays that game, him and Henderson are going to be big targets. Depth off the bench. Depth off the bench. That's really what they have to provide this year. No one's expecting them to come in and, you know, catch 17 touchdowns. And, right. And, you know, be the be the nation's, you know, leader in caught touchdowns. But they're just not going to play much. But to be honest, especially for this SELA game, I'm not surprised that – Transfers are not on. I'm not either. Well, because mm-hmm. what the Sela game, it's it should be a win for JSU, and it shouldn't be too too close. No, that no is it's true. not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout, but I don't think it's gonna be a a, a tooth and nail fight to the very end. No, I, I so, can see this game being close for a quarter and a half. Yeah, let them sit back, get used to the system, and then the depth gets gets to to Sela. Whereas JSU has two four-star receivers just kind of sitting on the bench doing nothing. Yep, right. I mean, JSU has depth galore. I don't imagine this game being close more than four. I just really don't. If it, I, if it is, I I would be disturbed. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be closer than a three-score game. No, I see this game being kind of like on the 42-20 to 20 kind of game. I guess it depends on your definition of a blowout. My, right. my, defi- my definition of blowout is, is five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Thirty. If you win by thirty-five, it's a blowout. Okay. If I don't think it's 20, a blowout. If you win by twenty, it's it's not a blowout. Okay. I'm thinking the three-score range, maybe four. I could see it. I could. I think JSU gets to forty points for the first time in an opening game. They get to forty points. Please. I do not think. I agree with y'all. I do not think it's going to be a blowout like Caleb McDonald said earlier today. I did see that, but he said it's not going to be. Was it a cupcake game? Is that the the and he's right. It's not a cupcake. He said game. it's not a cupcake game. However, he said that JSU will handle business going away, and that's paraphrasing. Cause that's not exactly what he said, but he basically said that JSU 
if they have any issue winning this game by more than by more than forty points, we should be worried. And I don't think that's the case because this system. I mean, one, no one knows if it's a spread or an air raid or what. Because yeah. one game we run for two fifty, the next game we throw for we yeah. run for a hundred and throw for three hundred fifty yards, like at Kennesaw, where we just throw the ball over and over again. Whereas but, you know, you get on the road against a team that no one really knows that much about. We're not going to win by that much. We'll win by two or three touchdowns, but we're not. We're not going to win by thirty-five or forty points. JC fans, no. just accept it. Accept it. Yeah, Caleb McDonald's prediction score was like forty-two to ten, forty-two to seventeen, and I think set, we get to forty. I think we get. To 40. I don't think so. I think I think Zarek Cooper alone is accounts for all for over half of that. Oh, he will. Definitely. I think he'll get at least four touchdowns through the year. I think. I think I think he goes four touchdowns to the air and one sneak, once like one yard touchdown run on like a wildcat. So give us a score prediction. I'm giving. I'm saying forty five to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the RA on call phone. I am the RA on call. Be right back. And now we do the commercial. RA on call. Go Jacksonville State Gamecocks fear the beak. Go Jacksonville State Gamecocks fear the beak. Youngstown's mascot looks like a club pink. All right. Welcome back. I hope you Welcome enjoyed that. Welcome to the other side of the jump cut, ladies and gentlemen. What All are right. we talking about? Welcome back from, from the commercial break, everybody. Like I said, last week we're sponsored by nobody, so you're just going to get like 10 seconds of silence. There we go. It'll be fun. I'll, I'll insert some sort of fun sound there or something. I'll figure something out. Elevator music. We'll make that interesting for you guys. Let's get back to the depth chart. Okay. okay, back to the depth chart. Um, is there anything else about this depth chart that stands out to you as particularly interesting? Um, the two leaders of the defense, in my opinion. I want to talk about, real quick, the right tackle's name is Your Majesty. Yeah, first name, Your Majesty. And that's the best thing I've ever heard. That, that's beautiful. Life. That is absolutely beautiful. Your Majesty Sanders, 6'5", 297, redshirt sophomore. Big boy. Big boy. Um. Anyway, on the defensive side, there's a lot of experience on this. Only one non-junior or senior. And that's Zach. No, two. Two sophomores. And other than that, it's all seniors and one junior. Um, yeah, people have been talking about how our defense is not going to be near as strong this year. Our defense is going to be pretty tough. I think they're going to be pretty good. I mean, you look at the, the seniors alone, Trey Thread. Um, well, I, I say that Which seniors are big name that's seniors. Just, that is a cool name as well. Trey Threat. Trey Threat's a pretty playing, cool Playing what I believe is the Banshee position. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the other seniors, Marlon Bridges, our, our, our legit star, uh, Traco Williams, our other star, the two safeties. And then, then the other uh, senior is Jalen Choice. After that, it's, I mean, it's seniors, but it's no huge names, but guys who have contributed in the past. I do want to point this out for all you Alabama and Washington State fans out there. No. Ty Minshew is not Gardner Minshew's brother. Oh, that is not the case. Day. I did look this up about five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> he is not Gardner Minshew's brother. Maybe cousin. Maybe cousin. Maybe could be. Maybe maybe you know long lost cousin. Where are they from? Do we know this information? So Ty Minshew, they're both from Alabama. They're both from. I think they're both from the same area. I think, and they have to be cousins. They've right? got to be cousins. Minshew's not a, a common name. No. Not even in Alabama, where we're known for for weird names and strange relatives. Like that's that's not a common name. 
We'll we'll do some investigation. We'll hit up Ancestry.com and see what the situation is. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll email Gardner while he's on the Jags roster. Hey, look, we need you to send us a DNA sample so we can do this Ancestry thing. Or, or do the 23andMe. The 23andMe, yeah, yeah. We'll find out your uh, your heritage and also whether or not you're a time and cheese cousin. Yeah. Which he could just tell us. Yeah, no. He could, we're like, <laughs> hey, do you know this guy named Ty? He plays for our school. No, I never met that guy. He's my cousin, but I've never met him. Oh, man. Or, or, or better yet, yeah, I hate that guy. Oh, wow. You know, you never know. A little you, bit of conflict. You, you never know. Man, we're I got, a whole narrative. A guy moved from Alabama to Washington. There's got to be some questions. You're right. There has to be something going on. But I, I don't think I see anything else in this depth chart that's really standing out to well, me. Well, for me, on the defense, you look at the backups, there's a lot of I mean, it is all sophomores and freshmen. Two juniors. One junior. No, one junior, yeah. yeah. And the rest is sophomore. Yeah. No, two juniors, yeah. Retro juniors and juniors. So people say that our defense, like y'all were saying, is not talented. We have backups that will definitely be having playing time this year. Absolutely. Our defense will be, be A-OK. And I'm going to say the same thing about our offense for next year. I mean, you look at two of our backup offensive linemen. Uh, no, one one uh, backup offensive lineman and the second string tight end, both juniors. Mm-hmm. Landon Rice and Tyler Pritchett. Um, yeah. Both Auburn guys. Um, Tyler Pritchett from Auburn High School. Uh, Landon Rice from Auburn University. Both guys you know, grew up in the area. And they know they know how you know they know how competitive it is up here. Um, of course, Landon was a pretty big piece last year um, as a, as a receiving tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, him and Trey Berry both put up decent numbers. Trey was a big time um, threat, especially Ken- Kennesaw State. I was watching the highlight reel. I guess it would have been it would have been last night. I didn't realize just how many times Zarek threw him, like targeted him. Mm-hmm. He had so many. So many targets, and I, I don't know what his exact numbers were. I try not to remember that game much, but he <laughs> he was, other than Josh Pearson, he may have been our best receiver that entire game. And what I, I learned, they didn't. They just stopped lining up and tied in. They went four wide or five wide every every play that wasn't a wildcat formation and just aired it out. Um, I think that's honestly, I know people are going to say that we need to get back to the running game, get yeah. back. Get back to those days mm-hmm. of Eli Jenkins. Where Look we can, at our depth chart. We have so many receivers. good receivers and the, and the OVC's best quarterback. Yeah, and we got some big wide receivers. Yeah, I was going to say, KJ's 6'4". Mm-hmm. Um, I think RJ's 6'2 or 6'3". Um, Jamari Hester's 6'7". Uh, Josh is 6'4". <laughs> yeah, people don't realize just how big Jamari is. Yeah. He's, he's a big boy. He's a big dude. He's the biggest guy in the starting lineup. Him and Trey Berry are both 6'7". 6'7", 210. 210's not huge. Trey, Trey's 240. Yeah. Um, which is about which is about small forward size yeah. in basketball. Um So for you Eastern Washington fans, especially Kyler Neal, who <laughs> says you're you graduated from wide receiver university. You no. have you have we got, some competition this year. We got some talent, boys. We do. It's it's gonna be a good game. Go Cox. Go Cox. Oh, um, baby. Three weeks away from that game. Three weeks? Yeah. Doesn't feel like it. Man, it's no. Four, yeah, three and a half. We got three Our first home weeks. game is, is after Saturday. this week. Yeah. It's next Saturday. Our first home game. Yeah. One of our th- one of our two rivals. Yep. And and I don't, I don't Eastern Washington's not a rival, but those three home games, those first three home games are huge. I'm excited. Y'all, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Y'all, it's football season. That's what I'm. Let's just say it. It's football season. 
We had oh, some football yeah. season. We, we, we out here. We back. I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic because I've been burned before. I've been, I'm an Atlanta sports fan. I've been burned before. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be, I'm going to stay cautious. Because mm-hmm. I remember watching JSU throw up all those penalties. I'm going to remain cautiously optimistic. I think we got it sorted out though. So let's take a look at each team. Your Jacksonville State Gamecocks last year finished four, uh, nine and four. I was like, oh my gosh. Finished first in the OVC with a 7-1 record. Key wins were against Austin P 48-32, which was homecoming last year. Eastern Kentucky, 56-7. And then ETSU, 34-27. Oh, ooh, that last game. Mm-hmm. Eastern Tennessee. Y'all, ETSU... That might be the most stress I've ever... Other than uh, Kennesaw and five overtimes, East might be by far the most stressed I've been in a JSU game. You said the most stressed? Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. Because with Kennesaw, Kennesaw a great team. They were top five in the country. They were number two. I say they were number two. Eastern was de- was decidedly not. Well, I don't know. I mentioned last, last uh, episode, I had to pee really bad the whole Kennesaw State second half, so that was probably more stressful for me. From just like yeah, but you did it to yourself by not going to I halftime. I did. It was rough. You should have gone during halftime. But, uh, yeah, that ETSU game was something else. <laughs> and then the key loss. We know what all of our key losses were. Other, than, yeah, we other, don't than, other than Maine. We don't want to rehash them. Games, we, don't they want, were, we don't have to rehash them. We don't they, have to talk they about were, They were, other than SEMO, they were close losses. Yeah, so we, we, don't have yeah. To, we don't have to mention them. But <sighs> All right. To southeastern Louisiana Lions, an old foe, Gulf South foe from the D two days in the seventies. They finished four and seven overall. They finished eighth in the Southland with a four and five record. Not bad. No, I mean that's around. That's almost five hundred. But when you finish eighth with that kind of record, it's a tough conference. I, it, it is a tough conference. So I'm not really going to. Bash the I'm not, second third of the conference. No, no. I mean, Gulf South's a good conference. I mean, Southland. Why well, I say Gulf? We can edit that out. No, we're leaving that in. <laughs> no, that's the key, second episode in a row. They're key. Now I have something up. Yeah, yeah. They're See now you've said that, so hoping I'll edit it out now, but I'm probably just gonna bleep it. So there you go. Their key wins were against Lamar. 30 to 24, and then against McNeese, who barely missed the playoffs, 23 and 23 to 6. They nearly beat they nearly beat La Monroe. Yeah, their key losses are La Monroe. They lost 34 to 1, uh, 34 to 31. Abilene Christian they lost beat Sam 40. Houston. They did beat Sam Houston. They almost beat Sam Houston. And that game was 28 to 23 Sam Houston. Hmm. So C-Law, for some back, these two guys don't know about C-Law when I first got to JSU. C-Law was a force to be reckoned yeah. with in the Renew Southland. Renew Bloods. We don't know. C-Law used to be a force to be reckoned with in the Southland. They played Sam Houston in the first round of the playoffs in 2014. And I want to say that was their last playoff appearance. So, I mean... CeeLo's not a bad team. They're not. They're not. 
I'm not worried. Don't get me wrong. Don't let this. I'm not worried either. I'm not worried either. What's going to get the Gamecocks is penalties. Are they going to be disciplined enough to cut back on the penalties? All right, I want to set. I want to set an over under right now. Over under five false start penalties on JSU. You taking the over or the under? Five. Over under of five false starts. Actually, no. Between holding and false start, I'll set it at ten. Oh. Between holding and false start, I'll set the over under at ten. Between just those two offensive line penalties. Under. You're taking the under. I'm, I'm taking, taking the under. under. I'm taking over. <laughs> I'm taking. I under. have faith in my cocks. I have faith. I know they're talking about being more disciplined. You you had to be there. Just just mm, you had to be there to know how bad. I don't want to say bad or offensive because our offensive line was awful last year. They were very undisciplined. I just yeah, it was it was, it was tough they, to watch. There was talent, but they were not disciplined. I'm taking at all. I got to take the over. Nothing. And this, I think Gross is going to get that straight down. All right. So predictions. I'm going 45-20. JSU. I think I think this is a team that has the offensive firepower to score against anyone on any given day. I think this is a team that even against a team like like JMU or North Dakota State could still score 30. I think so. And against a team like Sela, you look, you look at, I mean, 4-5 and five is not bad in their conference, but 0-3 in non-conference play. Excuse you. Young man. I'm sorry. We're leaving that in, too. Yeah, we're definitely leaving that in. <laughs> For those of you that heard that, I'm drinking an orange vanilla Coke. It is the best no, drink ever. No, are nasty. Never tried it. They literally just taste like straight aspartame. Don't know what, the, what is that? Aspartame. That's that's the sugar they use. That, well, not the that's the sweetener they use in in diet drinks to replace sugar. Oh. That's the one that gives you cancer. Unlucky. That doesn't have it, but it tastes like it. Okay, so you're fine. Okay, no I was cancer for you. I was I was you worried me there for a second, Caleb. As, aspartame is, is a carcinogenic. It's carcinogen. Wow. Any anyway, science is amazing. Yeah, science is great, man. Prediction. I I really like forty five twenty one in that area. I went with 20 because I think they're going to kick two field goals. I don't think they're scoring three touchdowns on this defense. I think they're getting stopped at like the 30-yard line at least twice. That's a good point. I really do. If they score three touchdowns on this defense, then I might be a little worried about the defense. But I think two touchdowns and two field goals, then bend but not break defense, that's where I'm getting 20 from. Because it's the first game, I have JSU winning, but I have the score at 34-21 JSU. Ooh, that's close. That's, that's a little closer than I would like it to be. On the road, I get it because Louisiana is a really, really tough place to play. Not, and I'm not saying that this is a tough stadium. The weather down there just sucks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's miserable. I mean, 95 degrees with 60 percent humidity. It's absolutely miserable. You can feel the air around you. However, I say this. However, this team is designed to go fast. One thing is, even if they don't have an identity, they're going pretty fast. They're, they're, they're not huddling a lot. So I think they're, even if it's inefficient, I think they're going to squeak out 80 plays and get to 45 points. Most of that being in the, in the first half with Zarek just, just going nuts. I don't think they're going to run the ball much. I just think because it's the first game, they're still going to have a few discipline problems. The score will be a lot closer than everybody thinks. Now let me ask this. Do you think they'll be pissed after those last, after the, like, that Kennesaw in the main games think they'll be pissed and ready to prove some people wrong? 
Oh, they will. They'll run away in the first half. But you don't they'll, think they're going to score that many points? No, they'll run up the score in the first half. But I think See, second I, half, second half, they'll get a little lazy. They'll be like, "Oh, we have this game in the bag." You said thirty-five twenty-one. Mm-hmm. I think they get no, 34 Thirty-four twenty-one. So you're going with two field goals too. Yes, I think it's going to. I be, think I think they're going to have thirty plus by the by the end of the first half. No, I really do. Call me crazy. I don't make hot takes, and so I'm I'm buying that one. My my takes are usually pretty lukewarm. And that one, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying, I think they're getting to thirty in the first. I half. don't think it's going to be. Within three touchdowns. I hope it's not. I don't think it's going to be. I would love for JSU to break 40. but I would too. I just don't think it's going to happen this game. Because we said the same thing about North Carolina A&T last year, and we only got 17. Okay, I, don't, I don't know who we is. I definitely did not say that. I definitely said that that was going to be a tough game to win, and that we probably would not score them more like Oh, I'll own up to it. I did not. I thought we were going to beat the crap out of them. No, I thought, I thought we were going to... I didn't think we'd lose, but I thought it'd be a one possession game with with a, with an over under set at around probably around fifty. I didn't think I thought it'd be an average of like twenty five points per game. That was my prediction. I thought it'd be like a twenty eight twenty one type game for JSU, and I wasn't too far off. I mean, twenty seventeen their way, but it. I'm sorry. I I just I got to think they're scoring a lot of points, and for no other reason than Zarek is probably going to go for like three fifty because we probably will not have much of a running game. And he's going to have to. I think numbers 35-7 just popped in my head. So I'm just going to go with that. You're going with 35-7? I'm going to go 35-7 Cox. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the lone so, dis- I'm the descending opinion. I'm the one who thinks they're going to So Sagarin actually has the spread at 13, which is the spread I have. They have, they have it at JSU minus 13? Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll be that close. I hope it's not that close. I get it's on the road in Louisiana, but this is a team that was four and seven last year. We won our fifth straight. But they finished eighth. I think Selah is gonna spend is gonna end up somewhere around the five to seven range in the Southland this year. They won't make the playoffs. I think they'll be a lot. Okay, I was I was a they'll be like they'll be like They'll be like Austin Peay. The last few weeks, they'll be on the bubble. And those last few games will determine if they get into the playoffs or not. Maybe next week, he'll be the one who has to walk back in a creation. Let's hope. Let's hope. We, Speaking so far, of, we are, we're, we're 0-1. No, you and I are 0-1. On the predictions. Yeah, hey, by the way, this is a fresh idea I just came up with literally like a second ago. We're going to keep a record of, of our predictions very similar to a, to a game day style record. We're going to see what our record is at the end of the year. All right, we'll uh-huh. have to pick some more FCS games then. Yeah, yeah. Starting next week, we'll, we'll pick we'll pick top ten games. Teams of the top ten are involved in. We'll pick. That's it. Because I wouldn't go that far. We'll pick a few games from the top ten. I think the top ten is pretty easy. You just go around because you know how many there. I mean, there will be a few top ten teams play each other. I.e. In three weeks, not in the first, not not within the first few weeks. Yeah, but the only games you have is JSU Eastern Washington and UC Davis and NDSU. That's I it. Mean, that's still only. I mean, even on those days, that's only eight games, nine games. It's only nine games. It's not that much to pick. You pick ours. We'll consider it. We'll definitely pick JSU games, and we'll keep the record. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. But I don't think 
We're zero and one. We gotta get on. We're zero and one. We gotta. We gotta get Talking. on. Speaking of zero and one, mm-hmm. y'all go on your take from last week. All right. I actually, Eric, you go ahead and start because I gotta on our. Uh, you, you go ahead and walk it back because this boy is one and zero. I I I've, I gotta think yeah. of nice words to say when I say my stuff. Sometimes you say things, and later on you find out those things were not the things you should have said. You know, uh, I under I underestimated the penguins. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's one of the coolest mascots it ever. Is. That's a fun mascot. It's a fun mascot. I underestimated them. You know, I guess we have our like flightless bird brothers situation going on. Maybe I should have like. I guess. Maybe I should have been. Maybe. I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything to defend myself. You just got <laughs> we it picked wrong. wrong. We picked wrong. As for me, um, you know, I got it wrong. But at the end of the day, Youngstown, you Youngstown fans who maybe listen to one out of every ten episodes, I'm sorry. Sorry that you have to have a coach like Bo Pointy. Oh, no! <laughs> wow. Not I, I sorry. Really, I really thought he was genuine. But Not uh, sorry about picking Sanford. Man. I'm sorry. I told, I, I told y'all both last week that YSU was going to win this game. But you did say it was going to go to yeah, overtime. I did say that, so that's the only thing I was yeah. wrong about. He said, it, he said it would go to overtime, and for the record, YSU versus Sanford, which, by the way, which I, I think is a closer game than JSU versus Sela, you know, in terms of talent. By the way, that game was 45-22. to 22. Mm-hmm. So, if you wonder, if you think I'm crazy, these are two teams. Sanford gave Florida State all they wanted. Youngstown was in the championship just a few, get, few years ago. And expected to be a, a good, really good team this year. I, you, that's why I picked Youngstown because I listened to all the Missouri Valley fans on the FCS Fans Nation. They yeah, but page I'm, and they said, I'm saying that that's a 23 point deficit, my friend. That's not a that's not time. You also you also have to realize that they're from one of the tougher conferences in the FCS. Okay, that's that's like saying that that's like saying that, that Clemson beat Bama because the ACC is a, is. The, a better conference. That's not the case. It's just that if but this one game... But looking at the Southland, Southland is not as good as the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm sorry. No matter what anyone says to me, there's there there are teams that I will not pick ever. I will I will <laughs> I will eat the bullet. I'll take the L in a heartbeat. Youngstown is one of them. Kennesaw is one of them. Maine is one of them. Yeah, UTC bad. is one of them. UNA is one of them. Troy is one of them. There are about six or seven teams I just, under no circumstances, will ever pick to win. I have nothing to defend myself, but I did think it was going to be a close game, just like Brandon did. Except I'm pretty sure I thought it was. I'm pretty sure I thought it was going to be a close game. I said Sanford. All of us thought it was going to be a close game. I just thought yeah. Sanford was going to win close. I didn't say. Did over. you say it was going to be close? I thought it, I did not say Sanford would blow out. I was kind of fine. I didn't say blowout, but I feel like you said like two scores. I, I can't remember though. You said by ten. If I said ten. Okay, then I'm then I was a little bit crazy. It was also it was it was emotional. I have so much ill will towards Bo Pelini. <laughs> I, I think the dude needs to be in a mental asylum. Like he's, he's got some anger management problems. That he's got anger management. Past. So what you're saying about Nick Saban? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying about like Nick Saban in a press conference. What about Gus Malzahn? No, Gus Malzahn actually, believe it or not, he does not curse ever practice or in games. But he has lost his cool during a game. Oh, well, every coach has. That's different. Well, yeah. Bo Pelini has flat out, like, like berated people. Yeah, I've lost my cool during, like, 
coaching my little sister's U14 girls soccer team. Okay, that's a little bit over the line, dude. They're 14 year old girls. You gotta be intense, man. These referees are making mistakes. You gotta let them know it. Dude, one wrong word and you're going to jail. That's okay, man. As long as the referees are adults, you can say whatever you want, right? Is that how is that how that works? I don't think that's how that works. That's that's usually <laughs> that's how that works. That's usually how an NBA player gets ejected for saying that they're an adult and they can say whatever they want. I've never been tossed though. Yeah. You've been given a yellow card. Of you. Yeah. you have been given any yellow you. cards. I have been given yellow cards, but I've never been tossed as a player or a coach. Have you have you so you've never got have you ever gotten a red? No. No. Wow. Yeah. It's impressive. I got a yellow once for saying good call ref. Wow, I, yeah, I've said worse than that to refs. I, I, I got slide tackled, and, it, and he didn't even get ball. It was all, it was all ankle, and I, and you know, he gave the dude a yellow, you know, for a for a dirty play from behind. Like, I mean, it was a dangerous play, and I was like, "Hey, good card." And he turned around with that yellow card right out, <laughs> yellow card for unsportsmanlike con- uh, uh, conduct. I was like, "For what?" Love it. You gotta love it. I. We've talked about this before a little bit. I really don't like referees. I hate referees. I never get along with them. I hate referees. But at one point, I was a soccer referee. So you know what they go through. Yeah, I get it. And I thought that when I went through the certification, did the test, got my badge, I thought that, you know, I was going to have some more empathy towards them. No, absolutely not. It did not end up that way. It just turned out you have to be in like. You got to go to one JSU Austin P basketball game to understand. That referees oh deserve gosh. every bit of hatred they get. Here's the thing, though. I do know, when I was a referee, you know, you make a call, people for some reason think, in youth sports, that you're biased towards one team. I have never cared less about whether the blue team or the white team wins a U12 soccer Yeah, I've never worried one bit, you know, and here's the biggest thing, because I've refereed soccer and basketball, too. Like, I was refereeing one game, and the sponsoring company was Chick-fil-A Tiger Town, which is where I work in Auburn. And they were sponsoring a team. Um, and, it, you know, it was a, um, and I, like, had to, like, tell them, like, just because I work there, like, I can't, like, I could care less. You're 12-year-old guys. Like, like yeah. I, I'm, I'm 20 years old. I really don't care. But it, it did not help me one bit. I still hate every referee that yeah. ever officiates a JC game. And I wonder what mentality they have. Because, you know, I was like 12, 13 years old when I was coaching. Not coaching. Refereeing these little kids. And I didn't care. I'm guessing that most referees at the level, that the, like the collegiate level, the one collegiate level, they probably also don't care. Maybe they're just stupid. So what is it? Can we interview a referee, please? I, I want to know why so they're making I, these mistakes. I think it's one of two things. They either are just so... There's either just so much cognitive dissonance in their head that they have no idea what's going on, or they genuinely don't care and know that they're hated, and it just doesn't face them. I would love to get on the podcast with like somebody who's refereed, refereed any sport at a high level. I would love to get inside that mind. I'm sure that there's that we could like in a future episode like email the OVC be like, this isn't anything negative. We just need need to know. We need, to, we need to see the list of yeah. the referees for this game. I need to be able to contact one of them and see if they can get on the podcast. I want to know what's going on. we just on. want to talk to them. We that sounds to... like it breaks some rules. I don't know. I don't know. Would it? But bringing a referee on a JSU, a not JSU sponsor, a JSU affiliated podcast, would that break rules? 
I wouldn't think I so. I don't. I don't know the the rules that the there's not has. A, there's not a rule to, to referees. I mean, to deal with the media. I mean, I imagine that every college football referee is also a fan of a certain team. Yes. I mean, I don't think you could be around college football that much if you don't like a team. It's too passionate for you to not like a team to be around it. But I mean, do they have to like tell people when they're when they go through all the testing and stuff? Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, somebody's stomping around or something upstairs. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, sorry. I'll try to I'll try to edit that out as much yeah, as I can. Sorry you heard those guys upstairs. Oh like, wow! But yeah, that's that's an interesting topic. I would like to discuss that. Yeah, I'd like to find out. I think it'd be better for basketball too, because with basketball, yeah. you know, the fans are so much closer to the app to, like, to the action that you know you you know they can hear what the fans are saying to them. Yeah, like I know several times at basketball games this last year. You know, the officials have heard, some, I don't want to say nasty things. I mean, we, we, we've gone almost to the point of, of no return. I know. You yeah. didn't hear what some of the people um, were saying beside hardcore. I know that I am. I'm guilty. <laughs> I know. I know. I can. I know at least once, two years ago against Austin P. me, Daniel O'Donnell, and another saxophone player all pulled $20 bills out of our wallet and offered them to an official during a game because he was. they were doing so badly that we just wanted to have a little bit of the same stuff. Like, we wanted to see how it felt to pay refs. Because we're, we're, we're almost positive that's what happened. There's no referee. That was the Austin P game. Yeah, both years the refs have been bad. I'm convinced the OFC commissioner hates this. She does. After the Evansville, after Evansville. You, got, you guys screamed at her. Oh, no, we, we didn't just scream at her. We we said some pretty vicious things to her. <laughs> if and, she, and, if she doesn't like us, I think it's I think it's deserved. If she doesn't like hardcore, it's not JSU. I think she hates. I think she just hates us. That's fair. We we have said some mean things to her. That's in Evansville and in Jacksonville. I, I get it, man. If well, I was she, an opposing player or fan, I would not like you guys. No, nah, I mean, I just this this talking about hardcore, which is the basketball pep band. So hardcore. If you guys have never been to a JSU basketball game, hardcore is the meanest group of people on planet Earth. I am convinced. <laughs> I am convinced. The thing, and, and the reason is, is because we have a very, very gray area at the very end of the of the vicious spectrum that we can kind of wade into. And it's not that we, you know, we're offensive. Like, we don't say anything racist. We don't say anything sexist or anything. But we, we border on some personal stuff. Like, I know at least once I've, I've yelled at a coach about his family. Wow. And I know this year, like, I wow. have. Brandon's eyes just got really big. No, I, didn't thre- I didn't threaten his family. I didn't threaten his family. <laughs> oh my god! But I, I didn't threaten his family. I put him up on Facebook and I found the names of his kids no. in schools they attended. <laughs> no, I didn't like like say. That, but, I, but I was like, I, but as he was walking towards you know our section, I was like, like I was on the very far corner, like next to their bench, and he walked towards us, you know, to go talk to some of the bench warmers. Also, and I yelled out, um, I think we were winning by like twenty five. So, I mean, this is a really bad team. Obviously not good coaching because the guys were turning it over left and right, and I'm pretty sure I yelled, "How can you go back? How can you go back home to your wife when you coach as bad as this?" I am positive I said that. <laughs> I don't know who I said it to. There's You're another, an awful person yeah, in that basketball game. There's, a, there's another coach in the OVC. He has no hair. He's absolutely bald. And I know this year I'm going to do it. And I'm pretty sure I did it last year. I put a picture of Mr. Clean's head on a poster. Did a side by side with him. That's perfect. And said, "Mr. Clean would never lose a basketball game." That's good stuff. Oh, but yeah, I think that'd be a good topic. Trying to see if we could bring in an OVC ref. You know, maybe <laughs> there's no way. 
We'll try it though. I mean, we can try. We'll try our maybe even get like a high school football ref or something. Yeah. You know, someone who's officiated at a high level. Just try to get them to be like, what's going through your head when you're making these calls? Like, does the do the fans affect you or anything? Because in basketball, we're talking about basketball. It's more it's more personal. Especially well, yeah. the school size. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we're, like we're so close, you can actually hear and understand the words that are being yelled at. Okay. At a football you, you know, stadium, you know if you're being threatened or not. It's just going to be a roar. And no, you no, can tell if the roar is positive or negative, but it's just going to be a roar. Yeah, you, you. The only thing you hear, you hear players, you know, saying whatever, and then you hear the coaches yelling. You, you don't know what the fans are saying. But like I said, in basketball, you know what's exactly what's being said. If you're like, if you're standing on the sideline, you know what fans are yelling at you. I mean, it's so so pr- you know pronounced what we're saying. I just got to know what's going through their heads. Like, does it bother them at all what's being said? I mean, I'm sure some of it does. Yeah. Like, if someone says something, like, I've never threatened anyone. Like, yeah, I've said, how can you go back home to your wife after refereeing a game this badly? But I've never I've never threatened anyone. Currently, Brandon's roommate is, doing, <laughs> is getting a cameo appearance on the podcast. You want to say hi? Yeah, you want to come say hi to the podcast? Hey, I feel that though. That's a mood. Proud of you. Go get this bread. <laughs> Love that. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we do not have a studio. We, we have absolutely zero studio. We are we literally in a dorm room right now. The living room of uh, an apartment style dorm room. Oh, man. But uh, I think we've hit all the topics we wanted to hit. Yeah, I think we need to we need to do this this buy or sell thing. Just believe it or yes. not. Yes, Brandon has a all right a, a segment. All right, I have three points. All right, and you'll either buy or say sell. believe it or believe, believe it, it or believe it or, or not or not. Okay. All right, so believe it or not, first point: JMU and NDSU are your one and two seeds. What do you think? I'm going not. I'm, I'm going I, not to. I think I gotta go not. Not because I don't think either team is that good. I think talent wise, they're the two best teams in the country, in my opinion. I agree. However, however, I do not think they'll be seated that way. I think JMU will end up being seated one. I think North Dakota State will be seated at four. Purely, see, purely out of a loss standpoint. See, I don't think JMU will be one. I, I see them as a two. I, I think they have you in the top two. No, not this. Who's year. your one? UC Davis. UC Davis. I say UC Davis is a two. I see JMU and UC Davis one, two in some order. So you think in JMU, UC Davis, and then NDSU? No, I'm going ND- NDSU three. I'm going... So you're Can... doing NDSU three. Yeah, I'm going to put them at three. And Good. Then, and then and then I was going to put them at four with potential uh, the winner of the Eastern Washington JSU game at three. Instead, I'm going to move... Uh, even then, I'm putting NDSU three, us at four. That third seed is cursed for us. You do have a point. However, okay, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going not. You know what? I'm going to believe it, just to be the dissenting opinion. To be the guy that doesn't yeah. get absolutely just, you know, burned at the stake yeah. on the SCS fans page. I, I got to hedge my bets, because I was already wrong once. We've made one prediction, I've been wrong. So I'm going to hedge my bets, and I'm going to believe this Okay. One. All right, second point. JSU will host either Eastern Washington, North Dakota State, or James Madison during the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't. Because I really just don't. Because if they're if, if J, let's say JSU is the three of the four seed, that means they're going to be hosting a lower seed. Do you really the only other the only team of those three I see being a lower seed is Eastern Washington, and even then they're going to be like the five. Like I see them being five or six. I don't see them dropping down that much. I'm saying 
I'm going not, but I'm not convinced about it. Just because I don't think they'll host North Dakota State. I think they'll be behind North Dakota State and JMU, so they won't be able to host them. And as for Eastern Washington, I just I, I have a feeling they're going to get put in a different part of the bracket. So you want my honest opinion? Yes. I JSU won't host any games. And we no, don't even go to JSU will be your two seed. While that does seem shiny and all that. Going back to our first point, I did say UC Davis and JMU, but that was because I think JMU has the strongest possibility to be a two seed. What I think will actually happen is UC Davis and JSU will be your top two seeds. Well, in that case, they could host either NDSU or JMU. Exactly. And I think out of the three, we'll host North Dakota State. If JSU's the two, they've got to be... Because I think NDSU will be a six or seven seed. Well, let me just look at something real quick. Um, if they're the two, that means they would be playing. They'd be hosting all the way to Frisco. Be hosting all the way to Frisco. Here's my question. Um, and it's really just because of the way the bracket um, is designed. Oh, uh, pull up the 2018. Uh, here we go. Um, so the way the any bracket lines up in virtually any sport. It's a one. The, the way they bracketed is one eight four five, two seven three uh, three six. JSU is number two. That means they would be hosting the winner of um. They would eventually host the winner of the seven versus five. Um. Well, the, like the seven versus uh, play-in game. Like last year, we if had we beat Maine, we'd be going to, to Weber. Weber to Weber because we were in the seven. Right. Game. So JSU would that would. Have, to host that game, they would have, North Dakota State or JMU would have to be the three seed, which is very, very possible. That would end up being a two and a three um, in the semis, I think which is very seeable. I think JMU will be your three seed, and then NDSU will be your seven seed. I'm so going not we, because I don't have JSU at two. I, I don't. I'm going because I have JSU at one. Fear the beak. Do you really? Yeah, I'm gonna say not. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Not. I, I'm saying not, but not convinced that that they can't because I can see it happening. But that banks on them beating Eastern Washington and then not losing another game and being twelve and zero. If they're twelve and zero with a win over Eastern Washington, there's a good chance they're the one seed. If you're if you're twelve and zero with a win over a top ten team and you and there's not an, if there's let's say there's not another undefeated team. Let's say every other team loses a game in conference. Yeah. And in that case, Jay's used the one seed purely because which, they deserve it as undefeated. Which could happen, but I have UC Davis going undefeated as well. I don't think UC Davis plays in that crazy of a conference. Big Sky! Big Sky's good, however, however, that that's the same as saying, you know, Clemson and the ACC. ACC is a good conference, but Clemson is like this three-headed monster where if you cut off one head, two take its place. I mean, I think UC Davis is just going to... I have UC Davis at one. I'm I'm gonna change my prediction, for not for anything. Just saying, I think they'll be one of getting two. I don't think JSU hosts any of those teams in the playoffs. I think the way it gets bracketed, I think the way it turns out, they're not gonna be in the right side of the bracket. Someone's gonna get upset, and they'll end up hosting a a, a not national seed. So either way, especially for JMU and NDSU, the Southerners will go. The well, no, full the Southerners. Will the Southerners go. will go to an away game this year if it's not in Maine. If it's not in Maine. If it's not in Maine, or if it's not Weaver, or if it's not at North Dakota State. It'd have to be a place, 
It'd have to be James Madison. If we were to go somewhere, it'd have to be to James Madison for the, for us to go to a playoff game when we're already going to be away. This is true. I guess the same thing last year with Italy. We couldn't afford to take the entire band. Like, let's say two years down the road when JSU goes to Eastern Washington, if there's not a big trip, the entire band will go. I mean, I've already talked to people about that. Like, that right. will happen. It, but it begs on what, you know, what the cost of the other things we're doing are. I will say this, though. Either way, you North Dakota State fans and JMU fans are in for a treat this year. It's going to be a good year of college football. Good, great year of college football. Um, All right, our last point. UNA's The Pride is better than all Alabama collegiate bands minus JSU. So, so pretty much the second best. To, I'm going to keep it 100% real with you guys. I have no clue. I simply don't know. So I I am not that up on the uh, the talent levels at the other Alabama. Well, see, neither am I. I've only okay. So I can tell you who two of the bottom bands are. Auburn is near the bottom. Bama's just a little bit above them. The million dollar band. As good as they are, they're they're SEC bands. Um, it's a different style. It's I mean, yeah, they're neither of them are core style. They're I mean, they're 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 kind of a mix between show and core, where they're kind of just there to be a filler. It's not like like Troy, UNA, or JSU that are that are headliners even when their teams are really bad. People still show up just to see us. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say not. I'm going to put Troy at two. If for no other reason than down here, with the way the reason people love us is, for, you know, for a, other than the fact that, you know, the way we design our shows is very much core style. We're big and we're loud. We have a rich sound. UNA is not big and they're kind of loud. Troy is pretty big and they're pretty loud. Troy is the same size as, they're about, they're, what were they, 332 or 352 something? And not 330 to 350 range. They're, mm-hmm. they're thir- Auburn's at 380. I knew they were a little bit less than Auburn. But they have a fuller sound than Auburn with less people. I mean, they have a re- I'm not saying JC sounds, I mean, Troy sounds bad. They're just, I think they sound better than UNA. And part of it, when, after the UNA game in 2016, when someone goes up to Connor teams is like, you guys might have won this football game, but we just destroyed y'all in halftime. At our at our place, that mm, you, you can't say that. You can't march contras three weeks after after the drum corps season ends and expect to get respect from 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 the marching southerners. I'm sorry. I don't know who said that. He may have been an upperclassman. He might be gone. Um, it's a not for me. I, I have them at three. I have a lot of experience with UNA. Because of where I went to high school, which is in Huntsville. Florence, where UNA is located, is an hour away from Huntsville. So I've seen a good bit of UNA. seen a good bit of Troy, Alabama, and Auburn. But to me, UNA is the second best. Because they're smaller, their drill is clean, their music is clean, and their sound is a heck of a lot better than Alabama, Auburn, and Troy. Especially Troy. Especially Troy. Especially Troy. They're last. I know, I, I know what I posted on Facebook among many other members of the Southern Trumpet line. It's pretty snarky. I think most people, other than Caleb McDonald, tried to give them credit. Well, I mean, we tried to trash them. Caleb tried to give them credit. I just, 
I know people who marched in Troy. Kind of like, you know, you have experience with UNA. I have a ton of experience in Troy's band. I know a ton of people who marched there. My my junior high band director what is still on their recruiting poster. Um, so, like, I just... It's not that I don't like Troy, but I dislike them less than UNA's band. I still can't stand Troy as a place. I still hate all their athletics programs. But I have a lot of respect for the South of the South. I, 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 just, I just don't know, dude. I'm from Georgia. I just don't oh, know. Oh, yeah, you're all about Eric, G- Eric Jeter How will dare have... You. Shut up. How dare Eric you. Jeter will have experience with UNA this year. Yeah, they're going to bring this them back. True. They're going to perform again. And they're probably going to... I'll them. tell you then. I'll tell you then what I think of them. Well, we're behind them. We stand behind them when they're performing. They're oh, facing yeah. the home stands and we're the away stands. Because we wait on the away sideline. Right. Well, I assume most of us will. I'll tell you what I hear in echo then. As their sound bounces. I will, I, will, I, will, I will say, I was told they sounded pretty good the last time they were here. However, you, you're not allowed to show up to someone's home place and, and trash talk the other person's band. Especially when you're not better. Especially when you're not better. You can't, you can't talk, you know, talk crap. And if you're a Miami fan, you're not allowed to attack the band director. Oh, yeah. That was rough. Yeah, that was rough. Just some talk on that, just very briefly. Let me see someone if, do that to Dr. Bonnerford. <laughs> oh, it's going down. If he gave For any college, if you are a fan of the opposing team and you are so mad and, and, about a loss and so intoxicated that you can't control your decisions and you decide to break line or try to break line in a of a marching band... Number one, that's disrespectful. Number two, you are a awful human being for doing that. Especially if you decide to attack the band director after he's trying oh, to tell down. after he's trying to tell you to wait until the band has passed. Oh, the gauntlets are coming off, boys. The gauntlets are coming off. Oh, I know for JSU, the first section that would attack that or help Doctor Bonifred if that happened will be the twenty Js. Can you imagine the twenty Js? Now I want somebody. No, I want someone. I don't. I don't. Not now. And Dr. B, if you happen to hear this section, I'm not wishing that you ever get attacked. Yeah, 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 Around the Southerners. But I kind of want to see the 20 J's in a fight, in a Braveheart style, just, just, just in an all-out brawl. Yeah, with 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 some drunk opposing fans. I just want to see it. I mean, the 20 J's we know are crazy. They're absolutely insane. Can you imagine what would happen if someone attacked Dr. Bobford? They they would. Or anybody in the band. They would. They would I'm, I'm pretty sure we would be paid for someone's funeral. So the ideal scenario is that somebody lunges towards Bodiford, does not get close enough to to, to do anything, to even do anything, and then and then just <laughs> taking the pound town. Ooh, maybe not that phrasing. <laughs> but um, no, that's yeah, also if I'm in a band and I'm in you know lines, we're walking. And somebody tries to cut in front of me. I'm just walking through. I'm probably just going to trip you. Yeah, no, I'm probably. And then you're going to get trampled. I mean, what that. would happen to Robert to EC's band if that happened to Robert Owens? Yeah, they'd probably they'd probably go down. Yeah, they 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 probably they'd go kill down. some people. Yeah, it'd be bad. EC, they're they're way too serious about band and EC to let stuff like that happen. <laughs> All right, enough about band talk. We have had our rant. We have touched everything that we have wanted to touch. We had on. a couple of rants. 
Anything y'all want to bring up before we close? Uh, uh, go Gamecocks for the beak. Um, JSU will go undefeated, beat every team by 90. With the national championship. With the national championship by and 90. And do it all over again the next year. Exactly. And then every year from then on. This is the start of the dynasty. John Gross is a god. The Cox by 90 dynasty. Nick, Nick Saban can't hold a candle to John Gross. No, simply, simply. Simply cannot. That's all I got. <laughs> if you are in town this weekend, please, please, please don't be afraid to show up at Pete Matthews Coliseum to support the volleyball team this weekend. Also, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We have a YouTube page as well. Actually, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Please do. Follow us on Instagram. I didn't know we had one. And so for like all this time we've had a podcast, I wasn't even following my own podcast. Wow. Follow us on Twitter. What a guy. I created our Facebook. I've created the Facebook page. And I, you know, I made that. But he he did Twitter and Instagram. I didn't even know we had Instagram. I just knew we had Twitter. I don't have a Twitter, so I'm... I, I have one. I don't that. tweet much. I like people's posts and retweet others, like other things. I don't. I'm not. I'm not original enough to do that. Alright, any final thoughts? Other than that, go um, Cox. The owls. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and that's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen.